current Tennessee drama as an example of coaching Tinder. You know, swipe left to pass and right to like. There's been a lot of swiping to the left. It all began. Matt Lauer breaks his silence after being fired from the Today Show for sexual misconduct allegations. Welcome to the Pastime Podcast. My name is Furman. This is Ty. And I'm Tamara. And we are episode 21. It's probably been like 10 episodes since we've done a podcast. It's been a long time. How y'all been doing? Yeah, I've been good. I mean, I was trying to think when our last one was and... It's been at least six weeks, probably. I think, yeah, it was in October. Five or six weeks. Yep. So, Ty, what's happened in your life in those last <laughs> six weeks? Oh, goodness. Um, it's been a busy six, five or six weeks. That's part of the reason, I guess. We've all been kind of busy with our lives, and that's part of the reason we haven't um, been able to record a podcast. But I don't know. I think probably the most um, exciting thing that's happened for me in that time is uh, my little girl turned one. Aww. Hard to believe. Wow, one good. that I have a one-year-old child that I've kept alive for that long. That is hard to believe. <laughs> but thanks, Tamara. Appreciate <laughs> it. But uh, no, we had a big blowout party and had a bunch of family and a few friends over for that and um, had a good time. She was not big on eating the cake. Um, she, Aww. You know how you kind of hope they make a mess and it wasn't that. It was like us trying to put cake in her mouth. But um, <laughs> anyway, like shoving cake Eat in your cake. child's mouth. Um, but it was pretty good cake, so I finished her smash cake mm. because she didn't she want wasn't. any part of it. Um, but no, she—that uh, was probably the biggest thing that's happened uh, for me over the last five or six weeks. As we celebrated that, um, had a family Thanksgiving, went to College Station for that. Um, so kind of was out of town for a couple of days to celebrate thanksgiving with family but that's kind of been my last five or six weeks sweet yeah i was trying to think what i did and then it was like obvious i went to seattle um for the first time with a friend and enjoyed it it was wonderful it was like the arctic tundra um i was cold and i love the cold and i love snow but it snowed like every day we're there and everyone in seattle was like this isn't normal it never snows this like ne like it snows maybe in january february but never in november and and then we went to canada for a day and i wore jeans with holes in them which was really dumb <laughs> but it was breathtakingly beautiful and so it was a lot of fun i have a lot of seahawks gear now so if anybody's a, <coughs> a seahawks fan hit me up i'll sell you some like i'm not kidding i got like a towel i mean a, not a towel a blanket some gloves a beanie a shirt, a sweater. No, so I lost <laughs> my. I took gloves to Seattle. Okay, that's right. Okay. And as we were walking into the stadium, I lost one somehow. Like I had it on, and I brought my hand back up, and it was gone. <laughs> I knew there was a story in there about you losing a glove. Yeah. At some point. So I had to buy Seahawks gloves at the thing, and when I was there, I was like, I might as well buy a blanket. And the blanket was stupid because it was raining. So then it got wet. I should have brought like a poncho. But yeah. so, but then I had a sweater that I had bought a t-shirt to wear to the game like off eBay before I went. And that, I couldn't wear that because it was 30 degrees. So I bought a sweater. And then I have uh, a beanie too. <laughs> so I'm not kidding. Like if you're a Seahawks fan, you're I can like hook you up. You're a Seahawks fan now. I mean, my closet is a Seahawks <laughs> fan. So but Furman, what about you? That's good. Um, let me see. We have a new nephew in our family. Uh, my sister-in-law just had a little boy, baby boy, her first kid. And so everybody's like, ooh, y'all want a little boy? And, of course, we do, but we don't. We don't want no more kids. <laughs> That's a lot. Um, 
And one of the fun things about Thanksgiving, when I don't get to go to Amarillo, like I always FaceTime my grandma. And I don't know if y'all ever do this where you FaceTime somebody that's older. And so you're talking and you're moving around and they're just like smiling the whole time. Like they don't even understand if it's on or what's going on. So my cousin's there helping her. And she's like, talk to him, wave to him. And she just keeps smiling. I was like, Grandpa, are you okay? She's like, oh, hi, mijo, how are you doing? But it was just, it's always fun to talk to her and spend some time. It's good, though. It's funny when you have the older generation trying to figure out, like, electronics. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty comical thing sometimes. We, uh, at Thanksgiving, my brother and I, like, everyone came to us with their iPhone question. Like, I'm like, what? Like, you have children, too. Like, that's Why are like, you coming to me? Yeah. That's but funny. and I was like, you should go to AJ. He knows a lot more than I do. So there was a day too that I just sent like a picture of the family, and my grandma thought like it was the FaceTime thing again. And so she was talking to the picture, and my cousin had to tell like, no, grandma, it's just a picture. Of That's funny. That's really funny. Cool. We are definitely glad to be back on the Pastime Podcast. And with all that being said, now that you're updated on all of our lives and such, uh, we should just go ahead and jump into episode 21 of the Pastime Podcast. And we will hit you with the lowdown, the part of our show where we take a look at the wide world of sports, uh, local and national. And I think we've got to start with probably the uh, most exciting thing in the world of sports as far as um, as far as West Texas Lubbock yeah. is concerned, and us as general fans, uh, and that's Texas Tech basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red Raiders looking really, really good. Well, the men. men yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's clarify. Let, let, yeah. Let's clarify. Let's clarify that uh, the Texas Tech men's basketball team six and one, um, and I found this hard to believe. Um, they were ranked twenty second in the nation in the latest poll. The first time they've been ranked since December of two thousand and nine. So it's been quite a stretch. Like I was almost still in college back then. It's crazy. I I did not realize it. (laughs) Was it? But I was closer. I I didn't realize that it had been that long. Uh, But the last time the Red Raiders were in the rankings, December of 2009, they checked in at uh, 22nd. They actually lost their first game of the season uh, last night um, to Seton Hall. 89 to 79. Um, that dropped them. Uh, they were one of the last 19 teams left in the nation that were undefeated. Um, I, I did see that. But, you know, you take a look at that game. Seton Hall, I was very impressed. They played really well. Um, Seton Hall, a team that was on the cusp of the top 25, I think they're a team. Uh, they're a definite tournament team. They were a in doubt. it, and then they just got out because they lost. Right, yeah, they were six and one too, I believe. Yeah. Um, when Tech played them last night, but they're a team that's picked second in the Big East Conference. Yeah. Um, they're going to challenge Villanova for probably a conference championship uh, in the Big East, and you went basically to their backyard. You were mm-hmm. playing in one of the biggest sports venues in the world, Madison uh, Square Garden. And so, yes, obviously, you never want to go and you never want to lose. But I think it's a game, ultimately an atmosphere, that's going to help you down the road. I agree. I think We were talking earlier. I think, I think it's a NCAA tournament type of feel um, that really is going to help you if you get in um, to, to have to do. Because not only, I mean, is it like a place you never play, but it's in New York. I mean, mm-hmm. so like you you go to New York and you, you want to sightsee. And so they were going out and doing like these things where for Seton Hall, they go there every year. So like, they're not going to see the Empire State Building or things like that. Um, but no, I think you're right, Ty. I think it is a good, um, 
learning experience, building experience. I mean, a tough game to lose. You played really hard for most of it. I mean, you had a chance to win. You did, yeah. You were ahead at halftime by three points. Um, You cut it down to like three or four pretty close to the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even the 10-point finish was not indicative of how close the game actually was, I thought, for sure. And, And, you know, this is something... It, it may be this year, maybe the year to make a run if you're Texas Tech. The only Division One basketball team to start five seniors. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought that was kind of a, yeah, a crazy stat. Realize that until I just read it on my notes. But with that being said, um, it's not all about the seniors. We've got some very, very talented newcomers. And, and the thing about Coach Beard, uh, he's going to run them in and out fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, some people don't like that, but he easily plays 10 deep. And I think yeah. the cool thing about that and the thing that helps you about that is really, with a couple of exceptions, you don't see a lot of difference between number one and number ten. Right. You've got a super deep bench. They kept talking about that last night on the game. Like, they're probably the most deep. They could be the deepest team in Division One because there's so many good players. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got some sensational newcomers like Zaire Smith, Jarrett mm-hmm. Culver. Culver has been very impressive in the early portion of the season. And you talk about, Tamara, mentioned some of these guys seeing New York City for the first time. Less than a year ago, Jarrett Culver was playing at Coronado High School yeah. here in Lubbock. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so when you – when you, and he played pretty well last night. And so it's just – uh, it was a stage that a lot of these guys um, have never been on uh, before at Seton Hall. But liked what you saw. You saw Tech go toe-to-toe with a really good basketball team. And uh, that definitely gives you um, you know, hope and, and promise uh, for the future. Um, tough matchup with Nevada coming up on Tuesday. That's going to be the next time the Red Raiders take uh, the court at the United Spirit Arena here in Lubbock. And that's a Nevada team that's going to be an important rebound game, I think, uh, for the Red Raiders because you can't sleep on the Nevada Wolfpack. They're undefeated, probably uh, will be undefeated. Coming into Lubbock, they have to win a game on Saturday against UC Irvine, uh, I believe is who they were playing. But um, they were 26th um, in the latest ranking, so they may be a team that – um, when you play them on Tuesday, might jump into the top 25. I don't yeah. know. But uh, another tough game coming up on uh, Tuesday. And, and I like to see the Red Raiders playing uh, some of these types of games before going into conference. Because I agree. Because you guys know the Big 12 is going to be it's not in and them. not it's out. It's prepare them and get them ready for conference play. So it's good. Yeah, not in and not out. It's going to be like last night's game. Well, and I think, I mean, I'm sure Chris Beard did it on purpose. Like, he knows what the Big 12 is, so let's give him two really big games back-to-back because that's what the Big 12 will be. Like, you will. And you've played Boston College. You played Northwestern. Yeah, you've played some good teams. So, I think it's definitely going to prepare you for the Big 12. And you start off with a bang in conference here in a couple of few weeks. It's Baylor and at Kansas right off the bat to open Big 12. So, that ought to be fun as we get ready to get conference underway but i think moral of the story we like what we see from the red raider basketball team oh for sure i'm really excited i'm ready for march i am too i think this could be a good year for us (laughs) cool well that's kind of a look at how the red raider basketball team is doing switching gears um a little bit and talking some college uh football um bc the new bcs rankings 
are out. And this is kind of the uh, the point of the season where you really start looking at those college football playoff rankings uh, because obviously the top four will be in the college football playoff. I'm in vying for a national championship. Uh, you've got Clemson checking in at number one in the latest poll. Auburn, which I think is playing better football than anybody in the nation right yeah, now. Uh, they've got recent wins over Georgia uh, as well as Alabama um, this past week. Number three, representing the Big 12, you've got old Baker Mayfield and his Oklahoma Sooners checking in at number three. And uh, Wisconsin at four right now. They're the um, only undefeated power five team left in the nation after Alabama lost this past week. You've got Alabama five, Georgia six. Miami 7, Ohio State 8, Penn State 9, and uh, USC at number 10, rounding out the top 10. For the most part, do you guys agree where those teams land uh, in the in the top few BCS spots? Yeah, I mean, I think – I almost think, though, like this – I heard someone say this, this week's, like, rankings is almost as pointless as the first week's rankings because it all hinges on – what happens this weekend um because like if georgia wins i mean mm-hmm. auburn's out and right. so i don't know and that's I mean, a li- that's a little bit of a debate i actually wanted to get into taking a look yeah. at the uh conference championship games that are taking place this weekend of course in the big 12 you've got tcu uh, taking on oklahoma uh, again i think if oklahoma wins they're going to be one of the four playoff teams yeah, without a doubt uh, and honestly I don't see you guys. I'd love to know your thoughts on this. Can TCU stay on the field with the Sooners? The Sooners are playing really, really good right now, and TCU's kind of depleted a little bit. Oh man, that's, that's a tough question. I, I think they're gonna, it's, it's going to be a lot tougher game than what they're expecting. And if Oklahoma's not on their game, there's a possibility that they can lose. I think TCU could defensively maybe do some stuff that other people haven't but I don't think they have the offense to keep up to keep up I I would agree with that Um, Ohio State and Wisconsin are going to face off in the Big Ten uh, championship again Wisconsin a lot of debate going on about Wisconsin right now Uh, they are undefeated they do play in the Big Ten uh, but they avoided the way the Big Ten schedule fell they avoided the powers of the Big Ten you know they didn't play Penn State um, they didn't play Ohio State um, in the regular season. Uh, I mean, really the toughest opponent they played in conference was a Michigan team that was not as good as people thought they were going to be yeah. uh, to start the season. Uh, so a lot of questions. I would agree with the argument, I think, that Wisconsin is not one of the four best teams in the nation. However, if they go in and if they beat Ohio State, you can't keep a Power 5 undefeated conference champion out of the rankings i don't think so say ohio state wins do Mm -hmm. they bump up or does that like push alabama back up you know you know i I think in a scenario which is very possible like that you would come into a conversation do you take alabama who's not even playing for an sec championship or do you take ohio state a one loss um big uh big 10 champion i think it all just depends on the other championship games like everything hinges on it because one of those top four that loses it just opens the door for somebody else to come back in because i don't think a lot of the other people that are in the playing in the championship game could get in you know it's just those who are 
leaking right you know uh, another interesting one is in the sec you've got auburn and georgia i mean georgia with their exception of their one loss to auburn has been arguably the best team in the country yeah from start to finish so say georgia finds a way to beat auburn does that catapult georgia back into the conversation to being in the top four as an sec champion well and then do you keep auburn too Probably and, not. But. And, and Alabama's hanging out there. Yeah. I mean, you just get into a situation. And then Clemson and Miami. Miami uh, has looked really, really good until they laid the goose egg against yeah. Pittsburgh. <laughs> All these teams had like one game where they just kind of fell off their rocker. So a lot can happen, I think, without a doubt. And um, when you take a look at these conference championship games, there's still several teams uh, that have a shot. So who do y'all think is going to be the top four that play how are things going to shake up this weekend? Who do y'all got? Who's going to win? Yeah. Or who do you think is going to end up being the top four? Yeah, the top four in the playoffs. Because, I mean, you you can include what's going to happen with the what you think might happen in the championship games. But who's going to be in the playoffs? Who's making it? All right. I think I got mine. I think <clears throat> Clemson stays. Uh-huh. I think Georgia's going to win. I think Auburn and Georgia is going to be a really good football game. I, I'm gonna, I kind of want Georgia to win, so I'm gonna say Georgia's gonna win. Oklahoma wins. I think Ohio State beats Wisconsin, and I think that pushes Alabama back in. So Clemson, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Alabama. Ooh, that's good picks. It, it, it's really for me hard to imagine a college football playoff without Alabama. Yeah. It really is because when you think the four best teams in the nation, almost everyone in the country is going to say Alabama is yeah. one of those four. What do you think, Furman? Man, I, I like what Tamara called because I was thinking along those same lines um, because I think the Auburn-Georgia game, that's going to be the, the closest match game. And it's also a toss-up of who's going to take it. But if Auburn doesn't win, that I think Alabama definitely gets in. So I'm going to go Clemson. Auburn, Oklahoma, and Alabama. I'm going to say Wisconsin loses and it pushes Alabama in. And you're saying Alabama going to get picked over an oh. Ohio State yeah. Big Ten champion. I think so, too. Yeah. yeah. I, I think they're going to pass the eye test. Honestly, I think I'm going to keep it with the top four that it is right now. Yeah. I think Clemson, Auburn, Oklahoma, and Wisconsin are going to ultimately be playing for the college football and that's one of those things. All they got to do is win their games and they're in. But it's harder to say than done. Yeah. So you always see a shakeup. You always see a shakeup in the in yeah. the cha- in championship week. And so it'll be interested to see. And guys, I'm interested to all see. Lose? I'm I'm uh, interested to see what if Miami scenario. beats Clemson. Yeah, I mean, th- how can you? How do you keep Miami out of the playoff conversation? They don't have the offense though. Like I don't know. That's what I think. Their defense is pretty good, but their offense is hit or miss so i don't know it'll be interesting to see uh, how that all plays out yeah. again i think auburn right now could be considered the best team in the nation uh just the way they're playing uh but you know time will tell does auburn have a letdown in them they've beaten um they've yeah. beaten georgia and alabama in recent weeks yeah is and, you this know, the week is this the week they they fall so it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that without a doubt and Staying on the college football front, and this kind of will get us into a little bit of a Texas Tech discussion. Um, since we've last 
um, had a podcast for you. Praise Jesus, Texas Tech found a way to win a football game. I mean, <laughs> Thanksgiving miracle. It was in Austin, of all places. Do you think if they would have lost, they would have fired Cliff? I would have said yes, but that day, that defense played so well. I don't know if he would have lost his job because I, I think I he, think giving worked, up he, David Gibbs would have been too big. And I've heard That's some people good, say yeah. that. Um, I you know here in Lubbock you you hear both sides of of the spectrum. Um, you've got you've got those that are fire Cliff still. They think he's not the guy for the job, and yeah. then you've got people that want to keep Cliff. And, and I I personally fall in that boat, um, especially after seeing the way the team performed. Uh, in Austin, obviously, you can't make a decision based on one game, uh, but I think you kind of said at the start of the year, if you get to a bowl game, yeah, yeah. it's a step in the right direction. Your keeping defense here. made huge gains too. Your defense was a definitely a middle of the road defense, without yeah. a doubt, and they played. I've never in a in a lot of years seen Tech play the kind of defense they played in Austin against Texas. Flying to the football, making open field tackles, causing turnovers. Did you guys see that uh, Texas A&M tweeted like after the game? They were like, "Did Texas Tech just win a game with defense?" Like, but it was for yeah, real because our yeah. offense sucked. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but you know what? I was thinking too. Uh, you know what? This Texas Tech football team reminds me of. It reminds me of the Texas Tech basketball men's team last year. Has so much potential. Be so close a lot of times and then will disappoint you. And you felt like they left too much out well, there. Well, here's the thing. You take a look at games that you should have won. Not could have won. Yeah. But games that you should have won. You had Kansas State beat yeah. at home. And you had West Virginia beat in Morgantown. You win those two games. You're eight and four. Yeah. No different. one's even talking Firecliff. Yeah. No one. So I mean, you're that close uh, to having uh, you know a, a pretty good season, and that kind of leads us into a conversation. Another reason I think that it's a good idea to keep Cliff and Lubbock because right now the coaching carousel in college football is absolutely nuts. I mean, it's super entertaining on this side of it, but you're right, it's crazy. I, I don't want I don't want any part of it. <laughs> I'll watch it from afar because it's fun when it's not you. Exactly, that's very true. It's definitely not a good off season to be looking for a head football coach. I think the biggest dumpster fire right now is in Tennessee. Yep. It has been absolutely ridiculous as they've had about five coaches turn them down um, for their head coaching job, including, which I thought was an interesting one, Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State. Uh, they courted him. I keep hearing, I mean, Mike Gundy, like every year is like, I and I, I can't talk. And then the hat to leave. Do you think Oklahoma State's going to be like, well, if you want to go, go. You know, I'm not a fan of Mike Gundy, but what he's done at Oklahoma State yeah. has been pretty impressive. And, and I think you've got a guy backing that program like T. Boone Pickens that can fork over the money to do what he wants. Well, I heard, though – I don't think he's giving as much as he was. Yeah, and I don't because know Because he gave that. a lot at the beginning, and but the oil prices have gone down, so he's not – I mean, he's insanely wealthy, but not as much as he was a few years ago. I don't know. I just think – I think they're good for now, but I wouldn't be surprised in the next few years if Mike keeps having his hat in conversations if Oklahoma State's finally like – Then just go. Just go. We'll, we'll find somebody else. I don't yeah. think he'll leave, though, without going to like a premier school. No, I yeah, I, I agree. 
Absolutely. Uh, but what you've got in Tennessee now, um, you finally had their athletic director. Um, last name was Curry. I'm not sure what his first name is. But he had decided that he was going to hire Mike Leach. Yeah. Well, he had a sit-down with, meeting with all the people that matter at Tennessee, other than the athletic director, and I don't know if it was they just didn't want Mike Leach or what, but they said, yeah, you're fired. You're not going <laughs> to make this decision. And so now they're kind of like back to square one. They're bringing in Philip Fulmer, which used to coach the Vols, to be their athletic director. Um, don't know if that's going to be an interim or a full-time thing or what, uh, but where on earth does Tennessee go? That's the million-dollar question. Who are they going to end up with? Who is the head coach? I don't even who was their head coach. Like, did they fire their head coach? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they went four and eight this season. Who uh, was it? Do you know? Uh, Butch Davis. Yeah, Butch, Butch Davis, Davis. Um, was the head coach of um, Tennessee. So that's one story. Jimbo Fisher, he's gone at Florida State. Uh, he's going to College Station uh, to lead the Aggies. Yeah. What do you guys think about that move? I was I was listening to Ryan Russell earlier and. They were talking about it, and one of the reasons it came out today is because it's just been um, like horrible atmosphere at Florida State. Because like players were going to be like, "Well, even if you're coming back, I'm not playing for you next year because you're not loyal to Jimbo Fisher." Um, someone like did like their Christmas decor, like showing up at his house and like tearing down his Christmas decorations. Um, like people are just being like real crazy. So I think the Florida State administration said. Well, we're just going to announce it, and so then we can move on. So, I don't know. I mean, I think I think Jimbo, just from what they were saying too, I think he wanted out, and it's just it's kind of a mutual agreement. Yeah, yeah. Point. Like it, this was a good place for him to go because he did want out. And I think it's crazy. Good, I, didn't know I think that. Jimbo Fisher's a good coach. I think so too. I do too. And I think he'll be a good fit for A and M. You've got Arkansas. They're without a coach and without yeah. an athletic director, and that kind of is tech news because uh, tech athletic director Kirby Hokut actually turned down that job. He was pers- – thank the Lord. We need to Kirby, keep Kirby here. I just want to hug you. <laughs> but Say never leave. That's three or four jobs, D1 jobs, that he's turned down yeah. to stay in Lubbock, and so that makes you feel kind of warm and fuzzy inside. It does. Him and Tadlock, man. Tadlock turned down Texas. That's, that's what I'm talking <laughs> I about. I know. We got some loyalty when it comes to some tech guys. And I think that's Kirby, though. I think Kirby knows that, and that's who he's bringing in. He's bringing in people who want to be here. For sure. Because you could tell, like, even with the Tubby Smith situation, yeah. that pissed off Kirby yeah. Oka big time. But then look who he came and he got Beard, who wants, wants to, to be, be here. here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think maybe the best offseason move. Is Chip Kelly going to UCLA? I agree with that, yeah. I think that's going to be a big step in the right direction for a UCLA program that has all the things in place that they need to be good. He knows that area. He knows recruiting over there. So it's in California. You can never go wrong with that. So Tamara would agree map. with that. Yeah, it's a good place. I enjoy it. You said, but you got to go to Northern California. UCLA is Southern California. <laughs> so. But no, I think it'll be good. So anyway, lots of coaching news. Needless to say, I'm glad Texas Tech not involved in that Agreed. dumpster fire that yeah. is people looking for a, a head coach right now. And the only other thing I wanted to mention on the college football fun front, which is a Tech fan, kind of hacks me off a little bit. And it just goes back to not being a fan of the Aggies. <laughs> um, but Before you um, spent your Thanksgiving. I know, right? For I real. I know. For real. Um, 
you've got the A&M, you've got Texas A&M and the SEC, at least sources are saying, they have pretty much come out and said that A&M will not play Texas Tech or UT in a bowl game. Which, my first question about that is, how can you even dictate that? Yeah. Like if, I mean, I guess you can choose not to go to the bowl. Uh, I mean, I guess as far as that's concerned. But I just think it's ridiculous because you take a look at a Tech A&M or even a Texas and A&M game, and if that's a game that's played in Texas, that's going to be a huge draw. Like from a fan base, advertising dollars are going to be there. I mean, how does how is it not a good deal for no, A&M? It, I think it, it's player recruitment. They they have to work hard now because they want well not hard but they th- their draw is where SEC mm-hmm. come play for us play for the biggest football champion like the biggest division don't I mean, and if big we 12, go in and beat them and well and then if you go into a Big Twelve game and you lose you lose that piece to your recruiting and I think it's too I think that's what they're banking on and I, and I think that. The, it, it, the SEC as a division is super elitist and we're the best. So why would they want to go in and lose, which is going to hurt their recruiting? Yeah, I mean, I get it, I guess. It just it hacks you off as a Tech fan. Yeah, what happens is they're going to go and play some other team, and then they're going to lose to them and look even more dumb. Well, see, I don't think they look as dumb if you lose to – who cares if you lose to, like, a Nevada – I mean, I don't even know who's – like, what team – you know? But, like – but it's a bigger loss if you lose to Tech or UT for them, yeah, for sure. I, I guess. I just I, – I just – I think the, the part of it that annoys me and frustrates me is that they feel like they're elite enough that they can dictate who True. they play and yeah. who they don't. Well, I think that – I mean, that's SEC too, though. Well, like, you're you're right about that. I mean, but that's always been A&M. Even when they were in the Big 12, <laughs> they thought they were better than everybody no matter what. It makes you think what, you know, college football would be like if Nick Saban never went to Alabama. I mean, yeah. You just – Be a whole different thing. But you're right. I mean, you could say the, – the same things I'm think, saying about A&M, you could say about the SEC. Sure. Without a doubt. Yeah. I think that's a very, very, um, very good point. Mm-hmm. But – Anyway, that's my A&M rant for the day okay. and SEC rant for the day for sure. We've had Baylor rants. We've oh, had... I could rant about Baylor till kingdom come. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but anyway, we, we won't, we won't, we won't we even go down. We won't even bark down that road. I, I made no some. I, I drove, through I, drove through. I went through. Have I ever heard that saying before? I don't know, but I felt like I was saying some sayings backwards earlier. So it's okay. I'll give a pass. Thanks, Furman. I appreciate that. No passes from me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect him. That's okay. <laughs> oh, it's funny. On the way to Thanksgiving, we drove through Waco, and I made some pretty inappropriate <laughs> jokes. <laughs> but anyway. Shocker. We'll, we'll move on. Last last couple of things I just wanted to briefly mention. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, they finally found a way to win a football game last night. Hey. Uh, they defeated in pretty impressive fashion. They beat Washington uh, 38-14. They're now 6-6. Yeah. Six and six. Uh, They're still on the outside looking in. They're still going to have to win some games down the stretch. Des Bryant becomes the all-time leader. This, this surprises me. Des Bryant becomes the all-time leader in touchdown receptions yeah. as a Dallas Cowboy. That, that, that kind of surprised me a little bit that I didn't realize I he know. was that high. I mean, you think about him and Romo, they connected a ton. Yeah, I, I guess. But then you think you in your history, you've got guys like Michael Irvin That's and true. Jason Witten. And 
I, I, yeah, but it just surprised me a little bit. The thing about that was, though, it was the first touchdown catch this year for Bryant since yeah, week seven. Yeah, they're struggling, Dak and him. They're I just feel not like. on the same page. Yeah. By, by. I, I saw uh, Eastman, Will Kane. I, I mean, I don't think Romo would do it, but he was listing the reasons why Romo should come be the head coach for the Cowboys. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but one of them was the Dak, the Dak and Des, because um, – Tony can help Dak with that relationship. And so I thought that was an interesting because Tony knows Des and knows how to how to, how to handle mm-hmm. that. Because he's such he's so such a good weapon that you have and it sucks that, that you're not using him. Yeah, more. this year. For sure. I feel like he doesn't do any deep balls to him though. And that's one of the things that's stuff. his thing. Or, yeah. yeah. He was known for the you know, the fifty fifty balls and you're not giving him any like come on now. Yeah, you throw a ball up to him. A good chance he's going to pull that thing down. For sure. For sure. Maybe we saw it last night. That's how he got the touchdown. So, yep. For sure. Dez still caught the ball. We go back to the age-old debate That's right. from the he playoffs did, a couple years ago. It. So my question to you about the Cowboys, despite the win yesterday, it broke a three-game losing streak where we had just looked next to awful. Are the Cowboys too inconsistent? Uh, to find a way to get into playoffs. Would you consider the Cowboys dead even despite the win last night? Okay, here's your thing, though. Next week, you play the Giants. Which, if you don't win that, minus Eli Manning. Also, before we talk about <laughs> how do you feel about Eli? I, I feel bad for I kind of do, too. Well, and this tells you what kind of leadership you've got at New York. Did you hear the offer they gave him? Because he had the however many consecutive start streak, uh-huh. they told him that he could play the first half to they, keep his streak alive, and then they'd take him out. And he said and he no. Said no, which that speaks to Eli's character. Well, sure. and then did but, you see that the next? So then they did the press conference where he like cried in front of his locker, and I felt bad for him. And then, but then the next day there was a tweet about like the only two people at breakfast the next morning were Eli and Davis Webb, and Eli was sitting there coaching up Davis Webb, so. I mean, I'm not a Giants fan or an Eli fan, but I felt for him. I mean, I think if you're trying to look for the future of the quarterback, then it's smart. Then you do it. Then you bench him and you do it for that reason, but not for Geno Smith. Yeah. That's my thing. Geno Smith, come on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if they were to say, you know what, we want to give Davis Webb a try and we want to get him some, you know, some game experience and see what he's going to be like so we can look towards a draft, that makes sense. But the way that they handle the situation – I don't know. It's just that's New York yeah, for you. If you don't beat the Giants, yeah, then you don't deserve you, to go yeah, anywhere. But, but that see, would get you to seven and six. Okay, then you play the Raiders, which are not as good as we that's thought. That's a toss up. And then you play the Seahawks, and don't you get Zeke back for that game? Yeah, I think so. And I would expect it, the game for him to come back is going to be a coming out party for Zeke. I oh, mean, for sure. So I don't. The future's in your hands. I feel like the game that matters the most is that Raiders game. Because what Raider team is going to show up, and if it's the good Raiders and they just beat on the Cowboys, that the season's over right there. Here's my thing about the NFL. Outside of a couple of teams every year, is anyone very good? I mean, you've got a bunch of teams that are going 6-6, six and 7-6, six, and 8-7. Yeah. I mean, you don't have very many teams that go through a season and lose two or three games. It, I don't know if they're – 
if you just say because of the parody and everyone's more equal or what maybe their way to say it is not as anyone very good but you don't have those teams that excel to the top like the dynasty the dynasties other than maybe the patriots but even they've been a little bit vulnerable this yeah. year you know so i think it's just the way that the nfl is built though is to keep that from a monopoly type of thing happening so they've done a good job and you see like the rise of the nfc it felt like the afc was always the top dog for a while and now you f- you finally feel like you know what the afc's down the nfc's finally up and I don't know. I, I think. I mean, I think you're right for me. I think it's an NFL thing because it's better for business. Like, because it's you can root for all these different teams. You don't always have to, and then you don't have the hated. I mean, do have the hated Patriots, but it's not like Alabama right. where you say who's the best football team in college. It's right. Alabama, like, without you, a doubt. You don't have that argument. I mean, you could say the Patriots, but then you could be like, well, but like, look at you know Green Bay or um, the, Steelers. the Steelers. Yeah, like. It's a different a conversation. I would never say uh, Philly, though. <laughs> I'm just sad to throw that. <laughs> dude, dude, though, man. They're, they're killing it right now. They're good, but you know what? I wish catch up. I, I could I could get on the Carson Wentz bandwagon I like if he him. if he didn't play at Philadelphia. Did you guys see the the Philadelphia Eagles Twitter this week? And it was like press conference from Carson Wentz, but it was a picture of Prince Harry, and then like later it was like, have you ever seen? Carson Wentz and Prince Harry in the same place before because they look so much alike. It was funny. That's pretty funny. That's good. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, what one thing that I'll, I'll do? I think because Carson Wentz going in, nobody really saw that from him. They thought you know he might be a decent quarterback. But I think more than anything, it shows the leader because the way that the team is together, the way that they're unified. You see it through the celebrations and the way that they are. Like I think that's been the biggest culture change for all of them. For sure. I mean, I think your two top upcoming quarterbacks, without a doubt, are Carson Wentz. And and I think you still even say Dak Prescott is in that um, conversation because the year he had last year. And he hasn't been terrible this season. He hasn't been good or as good as last year. Yeah, it's just his last couple games that has been bad. Yeah, for sure. So it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully we'll be able to throw Patrick Mahomes into that conversation soon. Uh, But you can't. Hey, what do y'all think? I was about to ask, do you think he's going to – I don't – I don't know if he plays. I don't think he plays this season. Or I he starts. I, I don't think he does either. I say that he starts the last game of the season because the Chiefs missed the playoffs. They're still ahead of – they're the top in their division. Kansas City is going to go to the playoffs because their division is terrible. No, did you see, though? I mean, they're only one game ahead of uh, the Raiders and uh, the Chargers. Yeah, I think of that. I still think – I still I don't, think they get in the playoffs. I do, too, and I don't think he starts. I don't know, man. I feel like the losing streak's going to continue for them. Maybe next, maybe next year for for Pat, but I don't know. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention in our lowdown, um, because I think it is noteworthy, Tiger Woods uh, is back playing golf this weekend uh, in the um, Hero World Challenge in New Providence. And before we came on the air, I looked. It's actually tied for the lead. That was about of an hour ago in a four-way tie for first place uh, at eight under. Um, so not only is he back, but he's playing pretty well um, this weekend. And, you know, I think whether you're a Tiger Woods fan or not, I think it's good for the game of golf um, having Tiger Woods in the mix. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm not a big Tiger fan, but it is good for golf to have him. It looks right here that uh, Tiger Woods makes his first eagle to give him solo lead. So wow. he is by that that would be quite a story if he Golly. if he wins this tournament. For I don't sure. Think so 
I don't think it's a story. You don't think it's he's a story? He's got the talent. Like, he should be winning, like, these smaller tournaments. But he hasn't proven that he's had that talent in a years, long time. Years. What if you think about, like, golfers like Jack Nicholson and stuff? Like, they're good in some years. Some years are struggling. Like, I think that's him. It just comes with age. I think the, uh, <laughs> it, without Tiger, it's been interesting to see these newcomers. Yeah, for sure. And so that would be interesting. Like, if Tiger comes back to his prime and then you can play him against, like, a Spieth or a McElroy. Well, and I think it's interesting, too, because I was reading a report earlier. You had other golfers on the course at this tournament asking, how's Tiger doing? Hmm. I mean, they yep, know. No, no, they love him. They know it's good for their sport mm-hmm. if Tiger is doing well. Yeah, and so I, I think it's going to be one of the bigger sports stories of the year if Tiger wins. Can this you imagine come April and it's Augusta and if Tiger's playing and if he's in, lights out? Yeah, and if he's in there with Spieth and Whew. it's going to be fun. Fun. It would to be watch. fun. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I like watching golf in general, but that would be fun. And For I'm sure. not a Tiger fan. Yeah. See, now that's a story. This tournament is not a story. It's just the comeback. It's the beginning. The, the comeback. Yeah, I think uh, that's where I'm at. So, anyways, there was a lot to get to. A lot's happened in the world of sports <laughs> in six weeks. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, anyways, that's a look at this week's lowdown. And now we'll switch gears and we'll talk some entertainment news. Today's entertainment news is brought to you by Uvala Sweet Cakes, taking sweets to another level. For all your cupcakes, cakes, or creations for any occasion, visit Ulala Sweet Cakes. If you're a new customer, refer a friend, and you both can get a sweet savings of 20%. So check out their Facebook page and contact them today. All right, we're going to jump in, and I'm going to hit the... We're going to start low and go high. Build our way up. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. I think the first thing we got to talk about... Uh, as the world on uh, Wednesday morning woke up to some rather interesting news was uh, or shocking news was that the Today Show fired, fired Matt Lauer. Um, I grew up. I mean, I've been watching. I watched the Today Show pretty regularly growing up in college when I was like te- teaching. When when Meredith left, like I really liked Meredith Vera. So it kind of stopped, and I, but I liked Anne Curry, and then Anne Curry, it was like a horrible dumpster fire what happened to her, and so she left. And so since then, I don't watch as much anymore, um, but it was shocking for sure, um, just as he's been fired about inappropriate sexual behavior um, was the announcement, and then so that happened Tuesday night, they fired him. Wednesday morning, clearly show, like shaken with Savannah and Hoda making the announcement. Um, they had just learned that morning. And then since then, more allegations have come out, and they're really bad. Um, and it looks like it's things happened for quite a long time. And so he, Matt, um, yesterday made a statement. Let me see if I can find it. Um, it was basically an apology. Yeah, yeah. He definitely apologized. He says, there are no words to express my sorrow and regret for the pain I've caused um, others by words and actions. To the people I've hurt, I'm truly sorry. As I've written this, I realize the depth of the damage and disappointment I've left behind at home, at my home and at NBC. And there were some, I mean, he says, some of what is being said is untrue or mischaracterized, but is enough truth in these stories to make me feel embarrassed and ashamed. And I regret that my shame is now shared with the people I cherish deeply. Hmm. 
So, but I mean, if you read some of the allegations, it's bad. And um, just enough, I mean, it's just a reckoning right now for white men <laughs> in power who think they um, can get away with whatever and have been getting with, away with a ton, a ton. Um, even a friend of mine and in, in, in just we were talking about it and the realization of like certain things in our life that we wouldn't have labeled sexual harassment then, but like looking back and being like, no, that clearly was what it was. Um, but not one growing up in a culture where like you didn't feel like you could say anything. Or I even remember an instance in telling someone and someone being like, Oh, I mean, that's not a really big deal. And kind of like laughing it off. And so then it makes you feel like that's the only way you can address something and like minor like my like super minor like nothing compared to like what's happening to these women but it, still like like the, and like me and my friend both were like talking about instances in our own life and so I think that's a thing where like one of my things that I've been frustrated with I didn't mean to go this deep but is like I think men are shocked that so many men um are being accused of this and it's coming out where I think women are shocked more that it's happening like that men are finally being held accountable for their actions I feel like I'm not shocked by them I don't know I think more being caught I feel like this is something that's been going on it's never gotten to the light and so it's about time that all this gets brought out so it's just sad because it seems like every day you watch the news now there's another instance of where someone is saying something which opens the floodgates for a lot of other people Mm -hmm. to come forward and say. And it just, I think it's a sad testament to um, part of the world we live in. And especially, um, and and don't, don't get, don't take this the wrong way because it happened. It's happening everywhere at every level. It's so many organizations, but especially in like the entertainment industry, you, you see it you're seeing it all it, it's happened for a long time but that's where you're seeing so much of this I mean, and that's part of it's in the light and it's getting the publicity well, and, and all I think that but to that is a place where the men held the power and right. and you to move up in your career you had to placate them for sure and so that's why things weren't being said that's for the longest point. time um because i had someone else say like they were talking about something they were like why i think it was the roy moore which is interesting to me that the entertainment people time after time have been fired (laughs) but you have politicians who have been accused of things and and they're not being fired um but um someone was like why after 30 years like it shouldn't it shouldn't matter anymore like why would you bring something back up and it was a thing well and that's as i was like you finally feel like you can like you have a voice and people would hear you for the first time and so it's just it's an interesting time it's a definitely a reckoning and so i wouldn't be surprised if you hear more like i just think it's gone on for a long time and and the people who've been affected by it aren't speaking up so and i and I honestly i have to credit like in this specific situation nbc yeah. for taking swift quick action and because firing Matt Lauer is a big deal for Yo, NBC. it's a huge deal for NBC. I would argue, um, just from things I've read, that this woman, this woman who went in, went in with a lawyer, and basically laid out all the claims. I mean, it happened a few years ago. Yeah. But I would argue too that NBC has dragged their feet in the last few months because they, well, even last year. So if you think about um, the Billy Bush. Donald Trump video that came out um, 
that that was NBC's. They own that, and then they didn't release it. Like the Washington Post or someone took it and released it. So they had seen it. Like they admitted to seeing it before the Washington Post broke it. And then also on the Harvey Weinstein piece, Weinstein piece, um, Rowan Farrow, who wrote it, worked for MSNBC, and they told him not to post it because they knew how much that would affect their money in their industry. And it wasn't until he was not working for MSNBC that he sold it to New Yorker. And so I agree to, I think you're right. I think today's show made a great decision um, yeah, and I they got rid of Matt Lauer, isolated case, but yeah. NBC as a whole. And I think, I don't think it's just NBC. I think if we weren't in the state that we were in, the, a lot of them would drag their feet because it is a systemic money making mm-hmm. problem. For sure. Nope. I and that. I think there's so much more going on that we don't even know. Yeah. There's the, they're having them conversations like, when is the right time to bring this out and address this? And I think it goes back because now it's actually coming out, but then you reflect on your own personal experiences. And so, of course, you want to share that and let people know, like, no, it's not all right. Definitely, definitely. So, okay, well, we started low. Let's let's build this up. Um, I a like this next story. This makes me happy. So, uh, in the new... I, I do too. I'm a fan. Um, Selena Gomez, just recently, in the last month or so, date uh, well, she was dating The Weeknd, and, and they broke up. Um, but lately, her and Justin Bieber... Have My boy! Been, I, you know, I love I the like him. They uh, have been seen together a lot, just in, and they had dated in the past, and um, but just recently, I think on Wednesday, yeah, they were seen um, going on a date night to church, to church home, Judah Smith's church, um, which I visited when I was in Seattle. I visited church home in Seattle, but then on Wednesday nights, church home meets in L.A., um, which I don't know. Have we ever talked about how that randomly, like it was Jason Kennedy and he was friends with Judah Smith and he was like, hey, I have these like celebrity friends. Like, can we start a Bible study? And on when, and they did and started on Wednesday nights and it became church home, like a church in L.A. Interesting. A lot of celebrities go there. But um, so, like, they were photographed going to church. um, And then afterwards, they, like, went out and had dinner and were, like, kind of, like, cozy and cuddly. and But it was – anyways, so they're probably a thing again, which I kind of – I mean, I like Justin. I've talked about how much I feel like Justin – has grown and lo- really loves Jesus. Selena Gomez. I like I, her too. I do too. She actually uh, just recently at a Hillsong, I don't know if it was at the conference or something, Hillsong shared her testimony um, and her beliefs. And so, I don't know. I'm a, kind of a fan of this it, little it, company. It, it, it's a good fit. Yeah, I like it. My wife was talking to me about this and she was like saying, it's awesome that they both like split up, found God, and then God brought them back together. Yeah, it's really cool. That's cool. And like, cause I, I think before it wasn't a healthy relationship and now like they both are centered and, 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 and she's gone through so much because she has lupus and she had to have a liver transplant or a kidney transplant, one of those. And so I think they're, they're, uh, I think they're a good couple. I like them. So, um, the another thing we want to talk about is, um, while we were in the last six weeks, since we were off, they announced the live action Lion King. So, you know, Disney's been going through um, and redoing these movies as live action. And the Lion King one has a ama- like the cast for, I, I'm going to pull it up. Let me, I should have been ready to talk about who they are, but they are, it is like the perfect casting. Like, I don't think you could have picked a better um, live action, gosh, 
I'm trying to, I should have been ready. Sorry, failing. Okay, so Donald Glover is Simba. James Earl Jones, I think, is Mufasa. Billy Eichner, you know, like Billy on the streets. He's Timon. Seth Rogen is Pumbaa. <laughs> Beyonce is Nala. John Oliver is uh, the, the toucan. Uh, oh, how do you say his name? I know. Chihuahua. Oh, that's not how you say it. Ella Four. He's in it. I mean, Keegan-Michael Key. I mean, just like oh four like it's gonna be awesome but john oliver recently was on seth meyers and they were talking about, oh i should have scrolled down <laughs> it's all right there i'm like searching the internet for the casting and, and it's, it's like, like right, right there. there oh man anyways okay so um they're like he was on seth meyers talking about different things but he like freaked out over um Beyonce and I thought we could play you a clip of that. I do want to ask, I forgot to ask this earlier uh, because Beyonce is also in The Lion King. Yes. So. That's right. That, that, that is the appropriate response to the, the word Beyonce. Yeah. Because, and, that, and that is the, that's real life royalty, Beyonce. Right oh, there. gotcha. Yeah, so like, have you met her? I would drop to my knees. Oh, you would? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, don't, please. Don't look at me, Queen. Don't look at me, Queen. It is really, it, she's a very hard have you, person. Have you met her? But like only in those like very brief SNL sort of like passing moments. That counts. It counts, but you, it, it renders you wordless. Did she say hello to you? Yes. What, you yeah. met her? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't care that you're yeah. sick. All this stuff, wow. all the, these, these were here. Yeah. I was two years ago at the Emmys, I was supposed to be sitting behind her and she didn't turn up. And my only plan for the whole Emmys was to watch the back of her head and witness her interacting with her immediate surroundings. Yeah. With all due respect to whoever is hosting the Emmys, nothing, no one has ever done it better than the back of Beyonce's head. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, so yeah, she is in The Lion King as well. And I am absolutely sure that I will not be allowed to meet her, especially after this interview. No. This feels like... This feels like something her security team should be made aware of in some way. He seems a little highly strung when her name comes up. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think it's the appropriate response to uh, uh, anyone wanting to meet Beyonce. It was really, I mean, it's really funny, John Oliver. I like John Oliver, though, too, but. That's pretty comical. Yeah, that's good. So, anyway, so, I mean, I think I would be the same if I ever met someone who met Beyonce. I would be, like, touching them and being like, you met Beyonce? You met the queen? But, and it's funny, too, because he's British, so when he's like, she's real royalty, like, I mean, he has a queen. Right, for so. sure. And that is the perfect segue. You love and this, don't you, Tamara? <laughs> I was like, guys, we have to pod. We have to pod because tech be Texas, but also because there's going to be a royal wedding. <laughs> so, like, Matt Lauer news just ruined my week, but I don't think it could have because I think... Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are engaged. Tuesday, we realized that they, we woke up hearing that they are engaged. Um, Meghan, they've been dating for about a year and a half. I watched like a 20 minute video of their interview and I, the word I use is delight because it was just a delight to watch. Um, Meghan Markle is American. She um, is an actress. She was on Suits on USA if anybody watches it. Um, she's a humanitarian. Um, just one of my favorite people right now. She 
funny like a funny tweet that came out um on the show suit she's engaged to another actor um i can't think of his name off the top of my head but the actor tweeted out she told me she was just going out for milk and thought it was funny because <laughs> and she good. becomes engaged to prince harry <laughs> um but the wedding is planned for um in may 2018 so go ahead and just mark your calendars um, must see it, TV. You know what? But I woke up early and watched uh, when Harry and um, not Harry when William and Kate got mm-hmm. married, um, and so I will do it again. But I'm just really pumped. They seem really sweet. They seem they were like set up on a blind date by a mutual friend, um, and just yeah so hit did it she off. Not know that she was going on a date with. Well, she knew. I mean, she, yeah. I mean, she knew it was Prince Harry, but that's, she had never met him. That's like the ultimate blind date. Yeah. You show up and you're like, oh, he, Prince he, Harry. In the video, he jokes like he was just going and then he like walked in and was like, oh man, I got to like up my game. Like the prince of England has to like up his game. And But I mean, they're super sweet and, and just real private. I think they said for like six months of their relationship, no one knew. And so they really had time to get to know each other. She's going to, she has to, she's retiring from acting to become a royal. And so... I'm um, just an interesting life change for her, but she's really up to it. She's a huge humanitarian too, so um, she said that's one of the first. She, she in the interview, she said that's why he got a second date because they bonded on um, the good work that they like to do. And so, um, anyways, yeah, they're precious. I love them. If you want to watch a 20 minute interview of them, I will send you a link because it was wonder. I retweeted it, but I thought too, like it's they got they pick good women for themselves and for like their countries to represent like it could be real easily that you get some crazy person and everything just burns from there but well and i think too it it spoke a lot of one in the interview harry talks about how she's met a lot of like diana's family and that's important and he was like i just think like i think they would have been like best friends just knowing his mom and knowing her and um i think they probably learned from their mom and their father and like married women that they really cared about and the other interesting too is um, Meghan Markle is divorced um, which is like like even a few generations ago was not okay Um, like one of the like the queen now so her uncle married a divorced American and like had to give up like his royalty to do it and so and that was just a few generations ago Um, but that's how that times have changed and so but I mean, she seems like just a and a pretty stellar person. So I'm excited. I'm That's I'm cool. I'm beyond excited for this. With all the bad news of the week, it kind of brightened things up. Oh, a little bit. it was the perfect, the perfect news. So in May 18, we don't have a date, but that's where I'll be able. We could do like a whole royal wedding, just podcast. I'm just kidding, but I could do it. But you're not fascinator kidding. hats. I can't tell you how much I love a fascinate. That's those big hats they wear. They're called mm-hmm. fascinators and. I just should be British. Anyways, okay. So, um, things to watch this week. Um, there are two movies that are coming out today. One is called Wonder Will, and it's a drama set in Coney Island during the 1950s. Um, just kind of like a big gangster drama. It has Kate Winslet, John Belushi, and Justin Timberlake in it. So, it's pretty well-known actors. Should be good. The other one that that seemed to have some buzz behind it was Shape of Wa- the Shape of Water, um, another an otherworldly fairy tale set against the backdrop of the Cold War. 
era um, in America. It's uh, in a hidden high security government laboratory where she works. Lonely Eliza, played by Sally Hawkins, is trapped in a life of silence and isolation. Her life is changed forever when she and co worker Zelda, played by Octavia, Octavia Spencer, discover a secret classified experiment. So it's sci fi, um, but people were, it was getting pretty good buzz. You're kind of in this in between, though, right now. Like you had Thanksgiving and you had the big movies come out so for not Thanksgiving. A lot's happening. And then at the end of December, you have like The Last Jedi and all those other big movies coming out. So excited for those. I'm yeah. not what even just the the cast of the Wonder Wheel looks good. Yeah. That's almost worth because I'm a huge Justin Timberlake fan, um, and and I like Kate Winslet also. I don't have to talk about my love of Justin. That's that's a whole other but, story. Uh, I just think you know it's a very. I think the cast alone makes it worth maybe checking out. Yeah, no, I was just thinking it. It reminds me of uh, a friend of mine named Cody. He said for Halloween last year, he tried to dress up as a gangster, and then he went to parties, and everybody's like, oh, you're Justin Timberlake? <laughs> it was just funny. That's funny. No, I have, like, a deep love of Justin. We, we don't have to talk about it. But, yeah, I'm, I mean, I might see it because I like Kate Winslet, too. All right, well, that will wrap up. Um, entertainment news and we'll jump into some weird news stories of the day the first one comes out of Seattle since I was just there thank god this didn't happen to me (laughs) Um, a Seattle family discovers a python in their apartment toilet this is a story that occasionally in the world will pop up and and every (laughs) time it pops up I think to myself what if this happens to me yeah yeah a snake was hiding it was like a four foot um, boa I think Non, oh no, sorry, just a ball python, non venomous. Um, I don't care if it's venomous <laughs> or not. But can you imagine? And it, I'm like, I, it's the thing of like, you go to the bathroom in the first thing in the morning, in the middle of the night. You are not looking I never to see look if the there's toilet. a snake. I kind of do now, though, actually. I like turn on the light after these horror stories. I say, I feel like I look at the toilet too. <laughs> I don't know why. No, I used to not, but I kind of do now. Savior, it's funny. I just hi, you're gonna be the story that would terrify me. Like, I I can't even imagine. Yeah, it was saying like Kansas family not too long ago, Australia, the Thailand. We've heard Mm -hmm. we've talked about the Thailand one, but anyway, so this was in an apartment, yeah, in an apartment. Yeah, surely. I wonder if it was like, of course, my mind goes here, but like. Is it like on the first floor of the of an apartment, or is it? it, Not that it matters, but it just makes you kind of because it just travels up the pipes, right? For sure, it just makes you think of the logistics and (laughs) oh my lord. But I feel like actually we're joking that it could happen to you, but I feel like it could happen to you because (laughs) because of where you live. I live in rural rural America, and like there's a field not too far from your house. Well, here's the thing: they found a rattlesnake not too long ago, right? Street. Like, I could have thrown a stone and hit where the rattlesnake was. That's terrifying. What if it got in my pipe and crawled up and bit my butt while I was... Oh, you'd be dead. Rattlesnake. I just can't even imagine. <laughs> it makes me think, too. Remember the video with the I car? I quick death. And that the snake came out while he was driving? Yeah, swayed. Swayed. Yeah, that's very likely. That could happen to you, too, though. Y'all. <laughs> I just thought about that, yeah. Do you park your car in the garage? No. Oh, you're done for. Y'all, if the snake didn't kill me, I would kill myself, like, driving off the road. Oh, it's so funny. It's a, it reminds me of a story of, like, I had a friend, and I grew up in Shellwater, so it was Royal. Ro- royal? <laughs> Not Royal. 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 And uh, 
they had like a well or something and they heard like a rattlesnake and so they like shot it and killed it and then they heard like more and it basically when they like this like rattlesnake was having like babies down there so not only was there like a giant rattlesnake there were like all these little baby rattlesnakes that they had to kill <laughs> that's crazy quit. yeah that's isn't that a horrible story? Okay, we'll just move on. Please do. Okay, so the other interesting story. Uh, are you guys planning any? You probably aren't having any holiday flight travel. Have you ever had to fly during the holidays? Thankfully, no. No, I usually the travel I do is usually by car during the holidays. I mean, I've flown, obviously. Yeah, no, I used to. So, like, Thanksgiving, when I lived in California, one year I flew the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And... I like tweeted the Oakland airport because I was like, you guys did a phenomenal job. Like, I was so impressed because I was expecting to be there forever. Um, and at Christmas. But so American Airlines had a little bit of a mishap. I don't know if you've heard this this week. Um, but something, <laughs> something they had a scheduling glitch is what they're call, uh, calling it. Um, and it allowed thousands of pilots to take off the I entire week of Christmas as vacation. Wow. So they're not going to have it. What are they going to do? They're offering time and a half, they're aren't o- they? Yeah, they're offering time and a half for pilots who want to come work. Um, but still, like, we're going to, the customer will be paying for that, like, in t- ticket prices or if you don't make your fly. I mean, it's it's really bad. <laughs> I don't know. I guess because I was thinking Christmas is a holiday, but I don't know if it is like a national holiday. It's not, is it? So you don't get time and a half if you work there? No. Okay. Well, like my brother works at UMC, and they that's not a holiday for them. Like, it, they don't have any holidays. They If they take off any holiday, it's paid time off because hospitals still have to work during, hmm. you know, holidays. Well, I mean, well, that makes sense because, you know, people's lives are in your hands. But I guess, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, so if you're flying American over the holidays. Are we off for Christmas? That's what I wanted to know. Nah. Uh, you might check your flight, or maybe, I don't know if you can change it or go to somewhere else. But yeah, That's I crazy. mean, like thousands of pilots. Isn't that, that just, That's just nuts. And they're like, I mean, someone's getting fired for that. That's a big yeah. mistake. That's a big mistake. So, anyways, um, the last, we'll finish on a feel good story so it's same we started low with snakes we're gonna end finish, on high. Up. Hit, finish high they go low we go high that's a that's michelle go. obama for you all right here we go uh this last story last year i don't know if you remembered um but a, a, a grandmother wanda dench um from arizona sent out a group text to her family just reminding everyone to come um to thanksgiving she accidentally text um jamal hilton who has no relation to her um, at all. It was just like she typed in the wrong number and she uh, texted him and then he responded, um, can I get a plate though? <laughs> and so she said, sure. And so he came to their Thanksgiving last year and it was like a really sweet story. And then this year they did it as well. Jamal Hilton showed up again, um, this time with his girlfriend and it was part of the family for Thanksgiving. So it's actually kind of like a real sweet story of like, it was an accident and then now- Did she know the person? No, no. He was a complete stranger. And so instead of- So she just texted the wrong number. She texted the wrong number and he responded, can I get a plate though? And then she said, sure. And he showed up and- they, in the in the article it says they talk like once a week and 
have that's just become cool. friends. That's, and, that's a heart. And like a, story. A, yeah, like an like an adopted grandmother to him as well. That's a Shima story. Am I right? <laughs> or Shema. Yeah. I know, yeah. See, Ty's got me saying it wrong now. It's because of that Abernathy accent. <laughs> that's it. Good have you guys ever texted a wrong number or something? And had probably not that happened to you, but a funny story. The hospital just called me not long ago telling me my surgery had to be rescheduled for next week. And I was like, I don't think you have the right person. I've never texted a stranger, but I've texted someone and thought it was someone else before on multiple occasions. One one time it made me feel like the biggest (laughs) DA in America. Like, I've never felt so bad because I was basically told someone I didn't like them. Uh, and that, you thought you were telling somebody else, but you told the and, actual person. But you know what? That's, yeah. that's what I get. That's, that is. I mean, that was God's their way back. of saying, dude, stop. <laughs> um, the other time, I just... I need you to define what a DA is. <laughs> no, it's okay. Not you Leave it to your imagination. Oh. Um, but uh, the other other time that that happened to me was um, it was embarrassing. It wasn't bad, um, but I did not work for the place I currently work for, and I had another job that I had clients and customers. And uh, one morning, I texted my now wife, or I thought I was texting my now now wife, um, but I texted a customer that had the same name as my wife. Uh-huh. I said, "Good morning, beautiful. I love you so much, and hope you have a great day." <laughs> And she texted me back. Thank goodness she had good humor. She texted back and said, thank you so much. I appreciate it. But I think you didn't intend this for me. Or oh, that's funny. That is funny. See, I've texted the wrong, but it's never been like that. It's usually me asking a question about something. And so it's been real. No conflict like that. I got a story. It's not my story to tell, but I'm going to tell it. And it is, it is, oh, this is like a cautionary tale story, like yours, Ty, where, um, because it was a husband and he was texting his wife. Some things you probably would only text your wife, right? Touche. Um, and except for when he went to go text his wife, he accidentally clicked on the group text with his wife and his mother in law. Oh, no. And sent. that that's bad and so that's the uh, cautionary tale so just always make sure you know and who those you're are texting the worst because sometimes like for example when i text you tamarin Furman, yeah like i'll type in one of your names to start and then like the first option is like the group yeah yeah, yeah. so if i'm wanting to text one of you like individually what are you saying about us behind our backs no i'm not saying anything <laughs> i can't like, tell you no, I'll just <laughs> like, but 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 like early, for example earlier i texted Furman a text that i knew you were asleep trying to get over a migraine yeah um because i knew it was about like a work situation i thought i was texting just Furman, but i texted you both because it just that's the first thing that popped up on my phone whenever i tapped in Furman. Gotcha. it was Furman and tamara that's just funny it's funny that I like you both. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you're cool. So. Oh, that's you. twice. That's twice in one week. People are just affirming Ty Thanks left and right. If you listen to our podcast. Who knows she who she does? <laughs> I'm sure she has she better things does. to do. If anybody knows Jessica Moon, let her know. <laughs> we gave her a shout out. Oh, uh, y'all got a final thought for the day? 
Watch where you pee. <laughs> I was going to say, watch who you text, but that's good. Too. Just watch everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> watch it all. Watch it all. Well, it was good to be back, and we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Bye. Today's episode of the Pastime Podcast was brought to you by Emerald Empire Tattoo Studios and Laser Removal, located at 1108 Main Street, Lubbock, Texas. Today's episode is brought to you by A Way Out Nutrition, your one-stop shop for all your Herbalife needs, or when you need a shake to go. Stop by today, 4713 West Loop 289, next to Wild Fitness. Visit their Facebook page today.